Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello, NRL fans, and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Welcome to a little review pod. I've got Chris with me, mate. Chris, how are you? Uh, very good, Matt. Good to be back. What was it, two parties in a row, I presume? Yeah, mate, we're on it. And um, it's the finals. It's the, the best time of the year, and... I thought, what a, what a time now. We've uh, said farewell to eight teams and we'll do some extra pods about those specific teams. But I wanted to kind of look back at my preseason predictions. It was the first time doing this where I was kind of going on the record and just wanted to kind of get it out there and see how we went. I, I think I did okay. I'm about, I want to bat about 50% here. So I've got your acute mind here to try and uh, grade some of my, my results here. So if you're happy to start, I want to go, we'll go from the bottom of last year's ladder like I did in the previews to the top. Let's start with the Brisbane Broncos. So what we'll do is I'll give you where I predicted they were going to finish. I'll give you their most improved and their most disappointing. Chris, how does that sound? That sounds great to me. Let's do it. All right. So for the Broncos, I had them finishing in 14th place and they did finish in 14th. So uh, a tick with the last game of the last win of the season. Their most improved, I had Jordan, Ricky, your boy. And most disappointing, I had Brody Croft. How did I go there, Chris? I think that's not too bad. Not too bad. Definitely on the uh, the most disappointing, Brody Croft. Uh, look, to be honest, like he did, just didn't really fit the system. There's nothing much you can really say there. Like good on him for securing another deal elsewhere. Uh, Jordan Ricky started off pretty promising. Um, honestly, if we had to think about it now, I'd say my most improved one probably go to Tessie New. What do you think? Yeah, yeah I was going to say Tessie New or Herbie Farnworth for me. I think those two guys had a really, really good season. And if you're talking about a smoky, I thought Tyson Gamble came in, you know, and no one thought of Tyson Gamble before the season, except like a non-playing reserve in their super coach side. So they had a couple of nice, um, I spoke about it with Ryan on the review pod last night. They have a couple of nice little building blocks for next year. I'm excited for what the Broncos can do next year with Adam Reynolds and, you know, a thick 20 stags coming up next year. And then Patrick Carrigan to come back as well. I think him being the 13 will make a big difference as well. 100%. Now a very quick note there. I did also predict the MVP for this team would be Xavier Coates. Thought he would have a huge leap season. Uh, it didn't happen, but, you know, going down to the Melbourne Storm next year, I've still got high hopes for that guy to really kick on and become one of the best wingers in the comp. We'll move on to the next team. It was the Kendrick Bankstown Bulldogs. I was a bit optimistic. I had them finishing in 12th. Uh, they finished in 16th on the wooden spoon again. So uh, probably went a year too early there. Most improved, it was one of my locks. I had Luke Thompson as their most improved, and I think that one did pan out pretty well. And my first miss here, I had Josh Jackson for most disappointing. I thought this would be the year he takes a step back, but uh, he had a belter of a season, especially at his age and kind of where their Bulldogs team was. What do You th- You obviously were a big fan of Josh Jackson, picked him up in our draft con. What did you see with those couple of picks there? Yeah, I mean, if anything, I think because... They were just always on the defense. I think Josh Jackson just took a, a little extra on himself to really fire up the boys, particularly in the front rows, to and then just take it out. He took all them heavy, hard hits, and it really showed in his sort of super coach and fantasy scores. Yeah, and Luke Thompson, obviously, that was one guy you and me were discussing before the season. I was kind of really trying to beat the drum for him to say, you know, COVID-affected season last year, new to the NRL. Uh, he had a good season, didn't he? He was probably one of their best. Yeah, absolutely. And if we go to the other side in terms of like disappointments, like I, I wouldn't say there was like big sort of standouts, but you know, some of them, I guess, you know, maybe Dylan Napa, maybe Nick Kotrich with his sort of injury, he just didn't re really step up. But in all honesty, I just don't think Corey Allen was 
a very good player just overall you already know me Matt. i've never been a very huge raps on coriel he just doesn't have that spark in my opinion so if anything i'll give it to him for most disappointing yeah i definitely win a season early i did say at the start of the year it was gonna be a stepping stone year was the way i did phrase it and they probably didn't take as big as a step as i thought but you obviously got the, the cavalry coming in next year so it'll be interesting to see what they do but we'll move on to the next team it was the cowboys this was my first one really kind of stake my stake my flag in the ground to say this is one of my really, you know, strong opinions. And I did have the Cowboys finishing in 15th place and they did finish in 15th place. Uh, I didn't really see it from the start. I thought it was going to be a very foul homes kind of reliant team. And it did prove out that way. My most improved, I had it at Reese Robson. I think that was okay. He did have a good season. He did get dropped a couple of times uh, the season before. So comes back and he's definitely got that nine spot lockdown. And most disappointing, I had Cohen Hess, um, you know, kind of in the, in the preview, I did say, you know, things like, he was one of the best young forwards in the league, kind of dropped off, and now coming off the interchange bench for most of the year. So what do you think about the Cowboys this year? Look, I think if you ask any NRL fan, as soon as you say Queensland, North Queensland, you're just going to think, what the hell happened to Tamalola? Like, it, the, the the dramatic fall-off has been so huge. Like, it's just hard to sort of, you know, close your eyes and just think, where was he, you know, even last year. So, look, it's pretty obvious. We're going to give it to Tamalolo. Injuries mm-hmm. has affected him. Co- new coach just doesn't know how to use him. They, it, honestly, I just don't think the coach has that much faith in him to really do much. And I think that's just really, you know, stunted his improvement. Three broken hands, three different positions, prop second row lock, um, you know, trying to do big stints, trying to bring him in. I think there was one game where he came off the bench three times. It was it was an up and down year for him. And I really do hope that, you know, he can bounce back next year because I don't have much hope for the Cowboys. And obviously we'll get into our 2022 pods later in the offseason. They're one of my real, you know, early dark horses for the Wooden Spoon because I have a lot of question marks about that team. But we'll move on to the next one, Chris. It was your Manly Seagulls. So this was a hard one for me. I, I really, you know, people were saying they were down the bottom. Some people were like getting really optimistic. I them smack bank in eighth, um, you know, just depending on that turbo health. And obviously they finished fourth and um, turbo, the, the MVP that he was. Um, I had Cade Custer's most improved. So I thought he was going to lock down that six jersey and make it his own. That obviously did not happen. But most disappointing, I did have Josh Alloy, who I know you have very strong opinions on. So I think I batted pretty well. The, the other one before you do jump in, I did have um, turbo for most tries, but I got a bit cute and went mighty to power with MVP just because of no Fanuel Blake. But this is a one-man show here in um, your boy Turbo. How do you see this season going and some of those predictions there? Look, if I'll be real. When you said eight as a prediction, I was feeling very optimistic because I was I wanted to know what you saw in this team, honestly. And, you know, you and I both thought, like, you know, will Tommy Turbo make this, you know, an injury-free season? Look, he's just really proved – I can pr- pretty much assume every commentator, every viewer, every NRL fan wrong. Like, this is a season that I'm pretty sure everyone will remember, regardless if you're a Manly fan or not. Um, in terms of Mighty to Power taking out, um, was it MVP that you yeah, were predicting? Yeah, for MVP, yeah. Look, I think he's done pretty well. He hasn't, I think it's more that there was just so many other shining lights. It sort of, you know, overshadowed Mighty to Power's contribution. I think without him, him and particularly Paseca, look, these four, these um, backs wouldn't be able to do what they do. So, huge shout out to him. Yeah, right. well, like I said, I'm happy that I was wrong because I did kind of go out on a limb. I, I was, before I did that podcast, I remember I was kind of, that was the one team I was real. them and the Dragons were the two teams I was so unsure on. And I listened to so many podcasts, I think the day before I recorded, and I had, I think out of the six, I had three where one gave him the spoon, another one was like second last, and then a couple were like th- third and fourth. I was so, didn't know where to put them. And I just said, you know what, 
a turbo, a fit turbo is not going to miss the final. So I smacked mm. him, smacked him in eighth, and I'm very happy that I was wrong because it's been a joy to watch. But we'll move on to the next team. That is the Dragons. Uh, I had them finishing 11th, and they did finish 11th. So right around where I thought they would. I had most improved Jack Bird. Really happy on that one. And most disappointing, Corey Norman. I think I did nail that one. Chris, what do you see with the Dragons this year? Uh, that, that's probably the best prediction you've made so far. So, you know, best being Jack Bird. I think a lot of people really want him, even in a super coach point of view as well. Corey Norman, look, if you get paid that sort of money, like I, I know you, you sometimes you don't ask for that sort of high pay and it sort of comes to you, but at the same time, you need to take sort of responsibility to really improve your game. You show something different each time. He just didn't. I just don't think Corey Norman is that sort of player. He just needs to find a correct system. So, you know, good luck to him next year. But, you know, you know, good good stuff on you, Matt, for predicting that. Another smoky for the wooden spoon. I know there's a lot of young talent, but I think this is going to be a couple of years rebuild here and we'll see what they do in the off season. But. Yeah, this is going to be one where I thought they could really, you know, I, went, I was going low on them on 11th. I thought there was a high variance of what they could do, but unfortunately for them, it just didn't turn out. But we'll move on to the next team. It was the West Tigers, and this was my strongest opinion. I had them finishing in the Wooden Spoon. I had them at 16th. They finished in 13th. Um, there was a stage there where they were right around the bottom, a couple of wins, and then obviously the disastrous last couple of games. I had their most improved, I had a Jacob Little. It was a lock for me. Um, uh, you know, I was writing that Jacob Little, uh, I was, I was building the cart. I was, I was dragging on my back. I was, the, I was the only one and happy that paid off. But probably my biggest miss, and I've said it all year. I'll keep saying it. I apologize for it. Adam Dewey had the most disappointing. I just didn't see it. But God, I'm happy I'm wrong because that guy is probably, if you had to build a list of my top favorite guys to watch on the field, he's definitely one of them because he's definitely turned it around for me. And those two guys with the day and Laurie, like we're saying off mic, uh, those three guys as like your little core build arounds, I don't mind it at all. What do you see from the Tigers? Look, firstly, I think if this season maybe went on a couple more rounds, I'd say, look, I think your prediction of West Tigers being wooden spinners, you know, would be on the money. You know, if we took a, the early sort of couple matches away from maybe the dogs where they was just sort of getting used to each other, I, I reckon you would have been right, you know, to call them wooden spooners. Um in terms of Adam Dewey, you know me, I've, I've always liked him. I, I picked him up and I'm I'm still kicking myself that I dropped him, but let's, let's move on from that. Uh, but yeah, I think they have a really good core here. So if we have maybe Adam Dewey in the 5'8", um, I believe Jackson Hastings coming over. I, I mm-hmm. reckon he would be a really good fit in halfback. Look, Luke Brooks, I, I think at this point, you, you can't keep you know, trying to figure out if he's going to work or not. If it hasn't worked now in the last, what, six, seven seasons, it, I think it's time to call it quits. I don't know what higher-ups are doing right now. They need to do something about that. Dane Laurie, my boy, fullback, lock it down, you know, give him that extension. And another shout-out, I reckon, is Stefano Uda Ikamanu. I think he came from the Eels as a benchy. Now I think he's starting to look like the pain house of the West Tigers. If they can sort of give him those large minutes, you know, the last couple of games I've seen, I think he's paid, what, 60 minutes each. And mm-hmm. if you look at super coach averages, 63, 65, you know, around that mark, I reckon he's going to go actually pretty early rounds next next season if we uh, do a draft. Yeah, when we get closer to 2022, for me, he's nearly a lock for origin. I think that he's going to find his way onto that bench somewhere because you just can't deny him. You know, he's so young. He's getting better and better with experience. And like you said, he's punching out really big minutes. And it's not just he's punching out big minutes. He's being effective in those minutes, which is what you love to see from a young forward. But we'll move on to the next team. It was the New Zealand Warriors. Had them finishing 10th. They finished 12th. Uh, a couple of late losses in the season did push them down a little bit. Um, another one of my kind of big misses here, I thought their most improved and MVP would be Chanel Harris-DeVita. Obviously, 
injuries halfway through the year did cruel him from about 12 or 13 rounds there and just never kicked on. Uh, but most disappointing had been Murdoch Masilla. And I think for all the preseason hype that was there, I think that's pretty warranted. What do you see with the Warriors, mate? Yeah, I, I think um, they just had a lot of injuries and then they just couldn't figure out the right formula to really work out. Um, most improved, in my opinion, I reckon... I reckon I would have given it to Josh Curran. Well, what, what do you think? I think he's been a really good sort of like young, stocky sort of sort of second front row who's just keen to get to get near the tackles. Like he's not afraid to sort of you know get in there and just really go at the legs. You know. Yeah, Josh Curran, you and Aiken for me. You know, you and Aiken moving into that edge role. Just he was always a good center. I was I always rated him, but he's working the back row. He is a workhorse, and you know you can have two shifty guys that have nice footwork and run beautiful like. Some of those those lines that Josh Curran ran for some of his tries this year was an absolute delight. And, um, you know, he's one of those guys that I would love to have, like, for Parramatta, right? You know, those last four weeks we had Sean Lane on that edge. What I would have given <laughs> have Josh Curran on that edge instead, you know? It's just one of those guys that is an absolute find. And, you know, they've got some guys that are kind of in crack first grade, like Elise Katoi coming off the bench, Jack Murchie is in reserve grade. You know, that those 11 and 12 now, you've got to think Tohu late season will come back next year. There's a chance this four-pack becomes really nice. and. Like you said, the, mm. the, the, a lot of injuries playing away from home. Hopefully, they get some the games in New Zealand next year. We can see an improvement with uh, Reese Walsh year two. Move mm. on to the next team. It was the Titans. Had them finishing seventh. They finished eighth. They squeezed into the eighth last round of the season. So happy they got into the eighth there. Most improved, I had AJ Brimson. Most disappointing. I didn't pick a player, but I picked hooker position because I just didn't know who the number nine was. And I thought that was going to be something that held them back. And, you know, you could go a couple of different ways. You could go Ash Taylor, most disappointing. AJ probably was, wasn't the most improved. He was in and out with injuries. It's a weird team. I don't know who to give the, the most improved and most disappointing to. Who do you think for these ones, mate? Most improved? I'd probably give it either to Brian Kelly or Fodawaker. Those two seem to really stand out. Mm. You know, Jamal Fogarty as well, but... It's sort of like there was no, I guess, large difference in the improvements between some of these players. Like there was a couple who improved, but I reckon around the same amount. And there's a couple who just sort of dropped down, you know, in terms of not being that great. But in terms of, I think if we compare the expectation to how they really perform, I honestly would think AJ Brimson. Like you think about last year, some people were talking about him, you know, really being that sort of fullback locking it in. But now we've got Jaden Campbell coming up, really pressing for his spot. And if we were to pick it now, I reckon Jane Cam has done quite enough to sort of, you know, lock it down as opposed to Brimson. In fact, Brimson could maybe even play that bench role, honestly, in my opinion. Yeah, I think they're kicking themselves. They gave uh, AJ the five-year extension right before Jaden Campbell comes in and looks like a bloody superstar. So I was talking to Ryan, do you move AJ to six? I know he's not built physically for it, but do you kind of have them both on the field? Because I don't know if you can pay AJ for the next five years coming off the bench. It's going to be such a fascinating thing to look forward to for next season. But I guess the more good players on your roster, the better. So that's probably a positive for them. But we'll move on to the next team, mate. It was the last team uh, outside the eight last year. It was the Sharks. Had them finishing in 13th. They did finish in ninth. Another one of these teams where, you know, the Sean Johnson injury at the start. Uh, Coach on certainly I did I did pick on Morris to get sacked. Um, but yeah, I had Braley for most improved. Talakai for most disappointing. Uh, any thoughts on those ones, mate? Uh, Talakai, yeah, I definitely say it would be most disappointing. It's for someone with that much potential, he, he just doesn't seem to really have that sort of impact off the bench that a lot of us, Super Coach and just NRL fans, expected from him. 
if I was to give you the opportunity now, Matt, to really correct who you think is going to be the most improved, come on. Who do you think it's going to be? Are you going to cruel me with Billy Trindle hype? <laughs> knocked me <laughs> come out on, man. Two, a 260 <laughs> and super coach? Come on, man. Mate, you're going to have to say it now on the podcast. You're going to have to hand in your I resignation actually, now. <laughs> I actually do think if I had to redo my most improved, I think I would go your boy, Will Kennedy, because he, that's, he that's did what an, I want to hear. an absolute incredible... You know, I remember when you went in the draft and you went really late on the fullback and you didn't, none came up and then you picked Will Kennedy. And I was like, yeah, that'll be good until Matt Moylan gets switched to fullback when SJ is back. But he never let that spot go. And um, yeah, it was an absolute steal because he played some great footy. And I can't wait for him next year with McInnes, Hines, Fanukin. We've been saying it for a couple of potties now. I can't wait to see what the Sharks do next year, especially with Will Kennedy at the back. Yeah, I'm just hoping that he dropped that low in the waivers again. I'm in mean, the draft position. That'll be really good for me. I mean, he averaged, what, 64.8 in the last five rounds? What, 78 points? What can you say? You know? <laughs> yeah, it was an absolute steal. But we'll move on to the next teammate. It was the Newcastle Knights. Had them finishing in ninth. They finished in seventh. They scraped into the finals. Um, I had most improved by my best. Yuck, that did not happen. Most disappointing, but I think it was the, probably one of the most easiest layups you'll ever want to get. It was Kurt Mann for me. Just never saw him, you know. We, we've had many, many chats in the in the group chat. You know, it's a Sean Lane situation for me in Newcastle. Um, but yeah, Newcastle, you know, on paper had a really, really good team. But I don't know. Give, give me your, you know, a couple of sentence summary. What do you think of this team in terms of, you know, for all the talent they have, how how disappointing they are to only finish scraping into this into the eight. I don't know, man. If you look at my sports bet multi, you understand how disappointed I am <laughs> with them. The amount of times I've put the line for them to cover, even a plus line, and they still couldn't do it. Like, honestly, like, it's, it's just, yeah, Kurt, man, the amount of times I've watched him just get him, get stepped back in and then lose his footing against a second front row. It's just disgusting to watch. Like, surely there's got to be another center, anyone, even a specialist center to be put there. Like, I just don't know what to say about that. Like, you, like, I, you and I, we both agreed Kurt Mayo should not have been in that side. In terms of most improved, I, I reckon it could have gone to, honestly, just three players. Like, Jaden Braley really stepped up in terms of leadership. You know, injury might have affected a bit there. Was he injured at all? I can't remember. I think it was just more that the minutes had to be balanced out with Connor Watson, who, again, I think has been also a really good improvement. But if I had to give it to one, it would have to be Mitch Barnett. Like, yeah. I reckon th- this, this team would not function without him in the front row. Like, people say Ponga, but I reckon Mitch Barnett. Like, the guy just has this, like, rawness to him that really holds his team together. It's almost like he does play with kind of an aggression like a Jack Hetherington, but has his head switched on where he's not going to give away, <laughs> you know, the the, the, the the silly coat hanger to get himself sinned in. But you're absolutely right. It's one of those, you know, when Frizzell was missing for a lot of games, you had Saifidi missing for a couple of games. He was really the one four that was there every week, week in, week out. And putting in the work. So it was a it was a good shout by you. But we'll move on to the next teammate. It was the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Had them finishing in fourth. They finished in third. Uh my most improved, I had Latrell Mitchell. And one of my locks was he'd be back in origin for sure. That obviously did happen. Most disappointing, I did give it to Jai Arrow, uh, only because I didn't know how he's gonna fit in there with the Care Murray situation. Obviously, had a good season, definitely wasn't bad by any stretch, but in this season where the Rabbits were such a good team, there wasn't many options to really give the most disappointing to. Yeah, like, uh, you've, you've hit around the, on the nail on the head, mate. Like, Jai Arrow, last couple of rounds, I can't remember. Did he get injured or something? Like, it's just such a vague memory that I can't even picture Jai Arrow in the team anymore. I forgot he was even at the Rabbits towards the end of the season. Yeah. But, um, yeah, in terms of most improved, 
like, yeah, definitely Latrell. Uh, we look back, a lot of people were saying, you know, is fullback the really posi- the p- best position for him? Mate, I reckon you can throw Latrell anywhere. He'll he'll make the position his own. He just needed that little extra time to really fit into the system. But I think without Cody Walker, Latrell wouldn't have the sort of freedom to to sort of do what he did. So I guess you can argue either Cody Walker or Latrell, but I think it's more Cody Walker has just had such a blinding season. But yeah, I, I you can you could go either way, honestly. Yeah, it's such a good team, and you know, a, t- a team with that many superstars, hard to give improved and disappointing because there's so many candidates. But yeah, they definitely had a great season. We'll move on to the next team, probably the most disappointing team of the season. It was the Canberra Raiders. Uh, I wasn't that. I had a lot of the preseason podcasts putting them in the grand final in the top two. Had them finishing fifth. Uh, they did finish tenth. Obviously, missed out on the finals. Most improved, I did have George Williams. Um, obviously. Uh, Let's move on from that. (laughs) He he didn't make it through the season. Uh, But I did have Jordan Rapana also most disappointing. So basically everything on this team I was wrong because um, I had MVP, uh, Corey, Harrow, and Nira. Most improved, George Williams. Most disappointing, Jordan Rapana had them finishing in the eight. They obviously missed it. It was just one of those teams I could never get a read on them all year. And yeah, definitely going to be one of these teams that I'm going to dedicate an hour to in the offseason because it's going to be a fascinating to go round by round, you know, player by player to see where this all fell apart because this was really a grand final team that, you know, just choked it away in the end. Yeah, like like you say, it's a grand final team that didn't really change. If anything, they had better additions to the team. Like you said, Koi Hori and Naira, um, Hudson Young coming back. I mean, regardless of his history, he's, he's a really solid player in my opinion. Like he runs fantastic lines, breaks a ton of tackles. Like on paper, this should, be, should have been the team that, would have at least been like around that fifth or sixth position, but something just happened. Like sometimes it may not have been been the players, but it's just something behind the scenes just really didn't click for them. But yeah, John Rapana definitely gives him for the most improved. Like I reckon without him at the, at the back, taking those hard hits, they wouldn't be where they're at. Most disappointing. Do we say Jack Wyden? Do we yeah, say think, Jack Wyden considering think, about the hype? I think you do just because, you know, there was a lot of preseason, you know, as the Dalian winner, and, you know, would he build on that season? But we were showing if there's not a dominant seven next to him to kind of take that game management load off, it's very hard for Jack to do his thing. Mm, mm, agreed. Well, we'll move on to the next team. Now we're in, now we're into the, the top teams in the comp. So I had the Roosters, had them finishing third. They finished fifth. Obviously, a lot of injuries and a lot of different things happened throughout the season. Again, didn't get a good hit on this one. Most improved was Sam Verrills. Um, I'm really questioning whether he's going to be a valid starting nine uh, if his role is just going to be a 14 moving forward. And most disappointing, I had the Morris twins. Uh, I thought they both take a step back, obviously, both retiring at the end of the year. Uh, Brett got injured early on, Josh making it through into the final. So, um, you know, a couple of misses there, but yeah, I, I'm just going to tip my hat to the Roosters. I've been saying every podcast, I've been jerking them off all year because the way that they've really coped with uh, this many injuries and, you know, adversities that they've done such a good job yeah agreed like regardless of all the people you know talking smack about the roosters sometimes it's just i reckon if these this amount of injuries hit you know the eels for you or hit manly for us i reckon we would have done significantly worse so you know trent robertson really did a really good sort of job with keeping this together giving these sort of young guns the opportunity and just really shows that you know when some of these older sort of folks move on like the morris brothers and stuff they really have a good system in place so you, you can't really deny that the talent that's there but but let's talk about the most improved 
Look, I, I, I could give it to Joseph Manu. Like mm. he, he so t- particularly towards the end of the season, he started playing that roaming sort of um, back like uh, Tommy Toba did. So really reap rewards for him. Um, Sam Walker had some good good raps around him. But if we talk about the most disappointing, I kind of give it to Takiaho. Like he went from like, you know, we talked about it during the off season, how he could have been like, you know, one of them higher early round drafters. And then he started injuries crippled him. And now he sometimes he could barely make the starting. And then now the discussion of him being moved on out of the roosters. So you got to give it to him, man, honestly. Yeah, hundred percent. But we're up to the top three, Chris. And he's got these teams obviously felt felt very strongly for my team plus the top two teams. So I did put a lot of effort and emphasis into here. Uh, so the Eels, I had them finishing six. They did finish six. Uh, most improved and MVP, I had Dylan Brown. It was one of my locks. Unfortunately, just didn't kick on. And, you know, for whatever reason, and again, it'll be an off-season podcast when the Eels are knocked out. I just can't understand why Dylan have a, didn't have a bigger, better season. Uh, most disappointing. You can obviously guess it was Sean Lane for me. And, you know, I won't take any any uh, satisfaction <laughs> getting that one because he was still in the team. So for the Eels, mate, um, you know, probably just more looking to to talk to you about the Dylan Brown one. What did you see from him? Because again, I was just there were so many opportunities this year, especially when Mitch uh, Moses went down for Dylan to step up, but it's never really happened. Yeah, so having him being one of my early in the season, I, I predict when I traded him, I was like, yes, I got myself a really solid five ace for Super Coach. Watching him, it was just so hard to watch. Honestly, it was harder to watch than me earning Carl Flanagan earlier on because with Carl Flanagan, after a while, you sort of expected him to not really do too much. But with Dylan Brown in a team of you know potential try scorers, and even when Moses was around him, he just kept leaning on him to do all the work. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, he'll 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 throw like a decent dummy here and there and go at the line, but look. I think when we discussed it before, I think he would make an honestly a decent center. Yes. With, if he's not going to really play make the way that he should as a 5'8", why is he in the playmaking position? He should honestly just take like a center, just to take a little, you know, one more position out, use his speed, use his little footwork. Like he honestly has really good footwork, you know, to beat some of the sort of tired defenders. Um, this, is, this is one of my off-season takes. I just, I can't wait. I know it probably will never happen because the, the money in the halves are too good, but he'd be an outstanding center. And... I don't know. To me, it's going to be, you know, we got Newcastle in round one of the finals here. If we lose to Newcastle, there's going to be changes. There's no doubt in my mind. You can't go out in straight sets again in the finals. You've got to win yeah. this game. It's a huge game for a, a, about half the roster, really, because there's going to be some real changes needed if we do lose it. But one of the top two teams, mate, uh, Melbourne first. They finished second last year. I did predict them to finish uh, first. And they fit, sorry, I predicted them to finish second and they finished first. Uh, I did have in most improved. I had Dalliem Care Munster. It was my luck <laughs> of the season. Uh, I just thought this was going to be the year he takes the mantle. Didn't happen, unfortunately, but I still had a good season. Uh, most disappointing. Again, team of superstars. Hard to give it to someone. I did give it to Felice Kafusi. Uh, but again, he, he showed again that he's still in this Melbourne system. He can still be a very uh, good contributor. So Melbourne, mate, they, they kick on and they keep going. Who was the best in your opinion and who was the worst in your opinion? Look, if we're talking about the best player overall, I reckon I would have given it to... It's hard to pick between Nico Hines and Jerome Hughes because, honestly, when those two were combining, that's when they really thrived. But if we're talking about most improved, I'd probably give it to Brandon Smith. Yeah. No one expected him to hold out Harry Grant 
that people were touting as the future sort of Maroons, well, he is the current sort of Maroons hooker, to hold him out to a bench position. Like, that really says a lot about him. And then he went on, what, seven-game, you know, try-scoring streak for a, a forward. And then Ryan is just reaping the rewards from that. It's just, <laughs> come on, man, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, like, we look back about, we'll give it to him. Uh, most disappointing we can argue Cameron Munster from where he was, yeah. but we can also argue Ryan Pappenhausen with the injuries, but I can't really blame it on him because, you know, some of the injuries were, were not his fault, but yeah, I, I reckon in terms of hype to where they're at, we give it to either Cam Munster or Ryan Pappenhausen, seriously. Yeah, I think, I think they're both good shots. And we'll move on to the last team here, Chris, the Panthers had them finishing first. They finished second, obviously uh, most improved Lo- Moses Leota. Uh, you and me were discussing all offseason, you know, is this guy going to take the leap now that James Tumbo's not there and be one of the the form props and super coach? Obviously, um, had a good season, you know, held that starting spot for the season, really pushed out Spencer Lanou when a lot of people thought he would crack that side. Most disappointing. Again, a team of superstars. Uh, I went for Isaiah Yo only because he had a career year the year before and thought he could take a little bit of a step back, but he maintained and is a good footballer. So if I had to kind of do it all over again, most improved. That I'd say Liam Martin, your boy, your origin bolter before the season, didn't know if he'd even make the side, you know, with all these, with the co-cable signing and things like that. So that I'll probably give it to him. And most disappointing. Oh, there's, there's oh, a couple. Let me interject here. Let me interject there's here, a man. All right. You, let me, let me interject. Let me interject for, and ask before. you to pick. All right. We got Kikau. Yeah. We've got, I reckon, Stephen Crichton. Mm-hmm. We were talking about him being a New South Wales bolter. We've got Dylan Edwards. Honestly, I don't think he had that great of games recently and charlie stains if you yeah. have to pick between those four yeah it's come the four, on it's the forbes ferrari it was <laughs> it's got to be it's got to be charlie unfortunately and you know as a guy who kept him in my super coach side for about 15 rounds um it was a lot of you know he's on one at half time he must have had five errors no he just did two runs okay um it, it was one of those seasons <laughs> and um it, it's it's amazing that you know they, they had, like you said, you just named four guys that didn't play to their potential and they still finished second right on the heels of the storm. Uh, one of the best attacking sides in the comp. It, it was a complete season from the Panthers and a, and a joy to watch. But before we do go, go, Chris, a couple of rapid fire ones here. I did predict storm Panthers grand final. We still feel comfortable with that. Uh, on paper, I reckon so, but come on. If we, if we just throw in a little turbo chat around here <laughs> to wrap it up, look, I've always been the sort of person who always wanted a Manly and Melbourne grand final again after the, you know, 07, 08 era. I, I just got to ask on our Manly and Melbourne. It's just, that's the way I am. So what about you? Yeah, look, I'm still, I still got Storm Panthers, but to me, it's, it's really showing me now that like, I still think Storm will get Manly, but I can see Manly beating the Panthers now. I didn't see that a couple of weeks ago, mm. uh, but Jerome Lewis just hasn't kicked on into that form. Apicorosau still hasn't really kicked into that form. There's a couple of guys in that team that are still in about third gear right now. And for Manly, they're, they're all, you know, four, fifth, sixth gear right now. So I could definitely see Melbourne. Melbourne, Manly probably be my, my second best matchup to have. Because, um, yeah, I think it's definitely one of those three teams. But very quickly going through the rest, I've Clive Churchill, Ryan Pappenhausen. So I still feel comfortable in that. But if Turbo obviously makes it, you have to give Turbo yep. a shout. I had Cleary for top points. Obviously, got injured throughout the season. Ruben Garrick ran away with that. Uh, top, try, top try scorer, uh, Stephen Crichton. You know, I thought he'd have a big <laughs> year, but obviously uh, burned on that one. 
coaches fired. I had two, John Morris and Michael Maguire. I still hold our hope for Michael Maguire before grand final that he will be gone. Uh, comeback player of the year, Jack Bird. And my last one here was State of Origin. I did tip Queensland 2-1 with Ponga Man of the series, but that obviously didn't happen. No end year, man. No end year. And I think it'll be also interesting to also mention is no Luchel for South Sydney. I, we're going to see how that really pans out against the, the Panthers this coming week as well. 100%. But look, from a predictions, Chris, you know, we got seven of the eight finals teams. So I think, you know, pretty good success right there. You know, a couple of the lower teams, the Cowboys, I was pretty happy with getting that one. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to do this again next year. I want to get some of the guys on the pods, maybe do a team each, and then you can kind of throw in your predictions and we can check it again because, you know, I was kind of throughout the season, I wasn't rooted against teams like the Titans and the Cowboys, but every time they did lose, it was like, okay, the ladder, the ladder's starting to take some shape here. And, you know, mm, it's it's yeah. fun to look back and see where we get because, you know, obviously we play Supercoach throughout the year, so we we get attached to some players and teams. But uh, when you're just looking at it as an, out, as an outsider, some of these clubs and how they're doing and how they're, you know, what their outlook is, it is good to kind of track along with them to see if your, if your thoughts are right around there with the, with the fan base. Mm. But Chris, mate, it was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming on. And again, as we're in the finals now, whenever you can come on, mate, you're always welcome. So come on and um, we'll talk a bit of finals footy until we get to the grand final. Melbourne, Manly, 08, 09 rematches and turbo lifting the, the, the shield, mate. Oh, that'll be a, well, that'll be a sight, wouldn't it be, for Turbo to really get over the storms? <laughs> but thanks for coming on, mate. <laughs> Not a problem, mate. Thanks for having me. And thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Hear from you soon. Cheers.